0: Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. September is here, most of us are back at work or starting school, and the days are getting shorter. So today we wanted to talk about a song of spring that will remind us that eventually the days will get longer again. Since some people prefer to listen to podcasts while they're out running or walking or just out and about, this is the audio version of the podcast. For the full video tutorial, visit the blog page or download the video version. For information about today's contributor, François Germain, or to get the accompanying PDF, which includes a full IPA transcript and word-for-word, as well as poetic translation, please come to www.dictionpolice.com and check out the Diction Police Special Diction Unit. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or Twitter, at Diction Police. Les d'été has the cachet of being the first cycle of French melodie, composed in 1841 by Hector Berlioz to texts by Théophile Gautier. Originally, Berlioz intended the cycle to be performed by a tenor, mezzo, and piano, but he later arranged it for baritone, soprano, or contralto, and in 1856 he arranged it for orchestra. When the cycle is performed by a single singer, it's customary to use a combination of original keys and transpositions. Although well-known in poetry as a major influence in the Parnassian, symbolist, decadence, and modernist movements, Gautier spent much of his career as a traveling journalist for La Presse and wrote quite a bit of travel literature.
1: Les Nuits d'été, Villanelle Quand viendra la saison nouvelle, quand auront disparu les froids, tous les deux nous irons, ma belle, pour cueillir le muguet au bois. Sous nos pieds, égrenant les perles que l'on voit au matin trembler, nous irons écouter les merles le siffler. Le printemps est venu, ma belle, c'est le mois des amants bénis. Et l'oiseau, satinant son aile, dit sévère au rebord du nid, Oh viens donc sur ce banc de mousse pour parler de nos beaux amours, et dis-moi de ta voix si douce, toujours. Loin, bien loin, égarant nos courses, faisons fuir le lapin caché et le daim au miroir des sources, admirant son grand bois penché. Puis, chez nous, tout heureux, tout aise, en panier, enlaçant nos doigts, revenons rapportant des fraises des bois.
0: Oftentimes when we talk about liaison, we try to figure out rules for when to do a liaison. But instead of figuring out the rules, let's talk about what the consonants sound like when they create a liaison. Because they don't always sound like the consonant that they look like.
2: No, sometimes sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And maybe before going into this, quickly explain what a liaison is. A liaison happens when... A silent consonant at the end of a word becomes pronounced because of the fact that the next word starts with a vowel.
0: For example, the first word of the song is... Quand. And the second word starts with a consonant.
2: Quand viendra.
0: The N and the D are both gone. The N because it's part of the nasal, and the D is just gone.
2: The D is just a silent, final consonant.
0: In the second line, we have the same first word, Usually, without the D, CON, but the next word starts with a vowel.
2: and this is this is the exact setup that uh, triggers a liaison, is when you have a word that ends with a silent consonant, followed by a word that starts with a vowel. In some cases, that silent consonant will become pronounced. So this is a liaison and sort of its most basic definition. One of the questions that we don't usually ask very much, I think we just take it for granted, is what that consonant will be. And it's important here because when the D becomes pronounced, it actually does not remain a D. It becomes a T. When an S, a silent S, triggers a liaison, it becomes a voiced S
0: so a Z and not an
2: unvoiced phonetic Z. Z, yes. So it, it, it turns into, again, something else. Like we have in nous irons, here.
0: We also have it later with des amants.
2: Right, des amants. We also have nous irons écouter. It's, it's probably the most common one, the silent S because the S is the mark of the plural, so it tends to happen a lot. Right. And another one that doesn't sound like the original letter is beaux amours, where we have a silent X that turns into a Z. Beaux amours. But there are also times where the final consonant remains and we have this here with que l'on voit tout matin trembler, where the f- final silent T triggers a liaison with a T sound and we keep it.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the text too, tout heureux, tout aise.
2: Exactly, at the end of the text with tout heureux and tout aise.
0: I think the one thing that we always have to remember is that it's still a soft, non aspirated sound, even if it's a T even if it's a, an unvoiced consonant like that, we have to remember not to explode on it.
2: Yeah, there's, 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 there's two things that are important in what you just said. One is, in general, the plosive consonants in French are not as exploded as they would be in English or in German. They're much closer to what we do in Italian, so very fronted, very dental, really light. There's not a lot of air escaping. And the other thing that's implied in what you just said is that particularly when you're dealing with a liaison, you want to make those consonants a little bit lighter than you would normally do them if they were not in a liaison setting. The liaison has to remain something that's elegant and somewhat discreet. It does not become a full-blown new consonant. It's, it's just there to help linking two vowel sounds together. It should not really become prominent. Yeah.
0: As, they, as we always say, le bon goût. So, softly, gently, something that connects it without disturbing the legado. Exactly. Le muge. I know it sounds strange that I just say this word, but there's a lot of little diction things right there with the muge. The first one I want to say is that an ET at the end of a word is not always, but oftentimes an open E. Eh.
2: Yes, usually ET at the end of a word will be eh, muge. This word in my ears, I must say that I would put it somewhere between an open a eh and a closed a, eh, or I would certainly make sure that the open a eh is not too open. There's something about muge that doesn't sound quite right. I think muge is a little bit better, also because it it is followed by the closed vowel, muge au bois, or at least make sure that the a eh doesn't become too wide and too spread. Yeah. But yeah, as you said, there are other interesting diction points in this word.
0: And to work backwards. The G U function together in this word too.
2: Yes, yeah, so the G U in this case will be G. One of the things that's really important in French is to figure out what letters function as a unit, and it's it's not always easy, but it's it's really part of the deciphering um, the spelling and, and making sure you know what sounds you're dealing with. So this G U does not mean G U. It just means G before the next vowel sound, which is the open E. The U in here essentially only serves to harden the G. Because normally, G in French followed by E or I would be a soft J. When G is followed by A, O, or U, it's a hard G. But if you want to have the hard G and still an E or an I afterwards, which does happen, Mm -hmm. you have to add the U to signal that that G will not be softened, but it will retain its G quality. So it's not Muge, it's Muge because of the U that we have in there. So it's it's more of a spelling rule than anything else here. Yeah. But it does illustrate the idea that letters function together to create sounds, and that's what you have to sort of figure out, how you break them up and, and create little um, units.
0: And since you said that, we'll come back to Muget, because the hardening of the G and the softening of the G with those vowels works the same for the letter C. And right before that, we see this with KAYIR.
2: That's right. So C functions, like you said, just very much like the G. So if you have C followed by A or U, it will be a K sound. If it's followed by E or I, it will be an S sound. Um, but in the cases where you want a, um, a hard K followed by an E or an I, you will have to add a U, just like we just did with the G. Cueillir is one of those words. When you have CU, you know that it serves to harden the C into a K before the next vowel, which in this case is an open O-E. That whole combination here is unusual and complicated, and this is the only case where you will see that spelling. One should really think that the word should be spelled C-U-E-U-I-L-L to make more sense of it, mm-hmm. because the U-E functions both as the hardening of the K device, but also as a combination E-U that we pronounce as an OE in French. So, cueillir. It's a very peculiar spelling.
0: And it's very specific to this one word.
2: Yes, absolutely. Not to be mistaken with cuire which looks almost exactly the same, which means a spoon. Not the same thing at all.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oddly enough, although we tend to think of French as being the language that sounds like jou, 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 there are no examples mm-hmm. of G followed by an E or an I in this piece. But there are a few examples of C followed by E and I. We have in the second stanza.
2: C'est le moi.
0: And in, so we, it's and, soft. And in the, and three lines later, we have.
2: Sur ce banc de mousse. So both cases of a, a C followed by an E. Uh, and the C therefore becomes S.
0: Yeah. In the last stanza, we have. Course and source. Where we basically have the S and the C backwards.
2: Yeah, that's, that's actually. Interesting. With kurse and SURSA, which look almost the same with just those two letters reversed, we actually also just reverse the sounds. So in the first one, the C is followed by an, uh, an O, so therefore a hard K, kurse. And then in the second one, we have the C followed by an E, SURSA. And what you see is that the R-S-E-S ending and the R-C-E-S ending both sound exactly the same. Exactly. And this is just one of the features of the language that you will have many different spellings for essentially the same sounds.
0: Yeah. There's one other way to soften the letter C to a phonetic S.
2: There is also a way to soften the C in front of A or U, and that is by using the cédille, so that little hook at the bottom of the C. And we have an example of that here in the last strophe with en la son. Where the C is followed by the A N combination and the, the nasal A vowel, but it's in spelling is followed by the letter A. So technically, if you didn't do anything to that C, it would be a hard K. Mm-hmm. But here we see that there is a CD under the C, and therefore the C is softened to an, an unvoiced S. En la sang.
0: And it will always be unvoiced.
2: Yes, always, always. So when you have the C C D uh, or C C D like we got in French. It's always just a, an unvoiced S. It will never be a voiced S, um, whether it's in front of A or O. Like in my first name, François, the reason why it's not Francois is because we have the, the city under the sea.
0: Yeah. There are several major diction issues that come up all the time. And one of them is this LES, DES, CES article that we have all over French.
2: Right. The, the plural articles. Actually, this is something that we talk about quite frequently, the difference between spoken French and lyric French and how we have to be careful about not to confuse both of them. When we speak the language, these articles have over time become a closed vowel. So we say les, des, mes, ces, with a closed e. The proper lyric diction and the more traditional way of singing those words is to use an open a vowel. And I think that's that's something that's very important because it actually helps not having too many closed vowels in the language when you sing it. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that those es have to be really open or almost spread. Like you have to be very careful when you establish an open a e in French that it still retains a focus and a certain uh, verticality to it. So that it doesn't become a eh and really far apart. But it's it's also very important to make sure that those vowels are open vowels and not closed vowels. Spoken French has closed a lot, if not most, of its open a eh vowel to a closed E. Eh. And that's something that we should not really do in, in singing.
0: In the examples that we have here, many of them are followed by an open E. Eh. And I think having the article open can only make things flow a little easier, like mm-hmm. les mers, le merle.
2: You're absolutely right. So in that case, it works really well. And and so when you have the opposite situation where those articles are followed by a closed vowel, you always have the option of harmonizing the article and and closing that vowel slightly. But I would always caution that the harmonization should not result in that open A becoming a a full-blown closed A. It's just a slightly less open version of the open A, but it's still an open A. So for instance, here we have tous les deux. So we have les and then followed by de, which is a closed vowel. I would argue that you should not sing tous les deux, but still keep the e eh, somewhat open, maybe a little bit closer to a closed a eh, because of the following closed vowel, but not all that much, tous les deux.
0: So we're really talking about vowels between the phonetic letters, something between an open and a closed vowel that works in your ear. But we don't actually write something different.
2: No, we, we will still write an open a e in those cases, and then the option to harmonize or not harmonize will be there.
0: Yeah.
2: But it should be used sparingly, I would say.
0: The other huge diction problem that we run across when we discuss how one speaks French, as opposed to how one how one sings French, is the word d-o-n-c.
2: So yeah, donc is an interesting word. First of all, it looks funny. <laughs> uh, that's it's a, a strange spelling to have onc. What you have to remember is that in most cases that c is silent, so it's just do nasal, like it's the case here. Donc sur ce banc de mousse.
0: So in this case, we don't want to say the c at the end. There are cases where right. we do, right?
2: Yeah, it can it can happen, especially when you use donk as a conjunction, like therefore. Then the C will be pronounced as a K. So in Carmen we have donc pour me tenir compagnie, the K is pronounced. But in here the ONC it serves a different grammatical purpose and it's not pronounced.
0: Nowadays you hear a lot of French people saying donc every time it comes up. Well,
2: that's true too. I think there's this confusion in spoken French. I think you're right. We would actually speak this. O vient donc sur ce banc de mousse, but that's that's actually not correct.
0: The conjugation of the verb faire is something that we learn in first semester French. And unfortunately, it's all too easy to forget that the pronunciation of it is exceptional. It starts out perfectly normal. Je fais, tu fais, il fait. But here's where it veers off from regular verbs. Nous faisons. And then back to, well, sort of normal, with vous faites and ils font. So in the third strophe, it isn't faisons or faisons fuir, but rather faisons fuir, with a very clear schwa vowel in that first syllable. Interestingly enough, it does the same thing in the imperfect verb tense with both the nous and vous forms. Nous faisions and vous faisiez. As I said, it's something we learn fairly early in language courses, but because we learn it early, Before we're really looking at specific vowel sounds, it's also a very easy diction point to forget. We talked a little about vocalic harmonization in regards to the phrase tous les deux, but we didn't explain it very clearly. Vocalic harmonization can occur when an open epsilon e, or the open oe, is followed by the closed lowercase e, lowercase i, or the o slash. In these cases, that first open vowel may be closed slightly to harmonize with the closed second vowel. One of the prime examples of this rule that we see in diction books is the word for happy, heureux, which we have close to the end of this text. Here, the open OE in that first syllable may be closed a touch more to keep it better in line with the closed O slash at the end of the word. Just keep in mind that it shouldn't necessarily be the exact same closed O slash that follows it. Just something more closed than, say, the o e in cueillir. In some older recordings, you'll hear excellent singers making the liaison in le muguet au bois. This is incorrect, however. In general, we do not make liaison from a noun in the singular, and muguet is a singular noun. So it should be le muguet au bois. For the same reason, we don't make liaison in printemps est venu. The phrase sous nos pieds et grenons can also create a question mark. This is a case where it looks like liaison should be made. But if you look at the construction of the sentence, pied is the direct object of the preposition sous, sous nos pieds. The pieds, the feet, are not the ones strewing, égrenant, the pearls, the subject we are strewing. So here we should not make liaison because the two words are not grammatically linked. This of course means that we have two closed Es in a row. Remember that we don't make glottals in French so rather than separating these words pieds simply reiterate or re-energize the beginning of the second word without disconnecting them. Sous nos pieds et grenons. And that should be enough for the clear definition of the words.
1: Quand viendra la saison nouvelle, Quand auront disparu les froids, Tous les deux, nous irons, ma belle, Pour cueillir le muguet au bois. Sous nos pieds, grenant les perles, Que l'on voit au matin trembler Nous irons écouter les le siffler. Le printemps est venu, ma belle, C'est le mois des amants bénis, Et l'oiseau satinant son aile, Dis au rebord du nid. Ô viens donc sur ce banc de mousse pour parler de nos beaux amours et dis-moi de ta voix si douce toujours « Loin, bien loin, égarons nos courses, faisons fuir le lapin caché et le daim au miroir des sources, admirant son grand bois penché. » puis chez nous tout toutes en panier en laissant nos doigts rêve nos rapports de fraises des bois This
0: interview with François Germain was conducted by Ellen Rissinger Translation and phonetic guide by François Germain. This has been the Diction Police Special Diction Unit, a production of Singing Diction, G.B.R.